Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Built for Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of chopchat.com. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in, first-time listeners. If you've been rocking with me for the past few episodes, I appreciate you returning. Man, what a night. What a night. Man, I just can't even, I have no words, really. Last night was amazing. I was up to about 3.30, 4 o'clock this morning writing uh, content for chopchat.com. So you can go there. Um, there's probably like four or five articles um, regarding last night's uh, game. So you can go there and check out um, all of that content. But I'm um, going to expound a little bit on that um, as well as, I, you know, I know all the other podcasts out there were doing instant reactions and, you know, after the game and, you know, I'm a one man show. So I was like, let me get the content up there and then just see kind of the reaction of everybody and just kind of gather my thoughts a little bit more so I could um, uh, speak on the game a little more in depth. But first of all, I just want to say the um, the atmosphere watching it on TV Man, Doke was rocking last night. Uh, the fans came out, you know, they showed out, you know, they did exactly what we expect from the players. You know, we always talk about the players showing heart, not quitting when adversity strikes. You know, and the fans, you know, they, they did what we wanted from, from the players. You know, whenever FSU went down 7 um, nothing real quick on Notre Dame's first possession, uh, you know, the fans were still in it uh, whenever... FSU was rocking and went up um, 14-7. You know, the, the fans, were they were rocking. You know, and then in that third that third quarter where things got real, real touchy and the nose went down 18, you know, the fans were still rocking with us. And then when those guys started fighting back, you know, and, and just, you know, just showing what we wanted to see, you know, the fans just did a, an amazing job and created an amazing atmosphere and, I think that was felt from the players, all the recruits that were there. Man, that was big time for recruiting, big time for recruiting. So, um, just want to just want to give you know shout out to the fans and the atmosphere. And I thought the the tributes that they did for Bobby Bowden were were were, were amazing. So, uh, kudos to everybody involved for that. Man, you know the beginning of the game, you know it probably could not have started any worse. You know, Florida State uh, defense. You know, gets uh, Notre Dame to fourth down and gives up the, a 22-yard touchdown on a blown coverage. And you're like, oh, my God, here we go again, right? And then FSU's offense gets the ball, and their first two possessions, I think they have negative 19 yards or something like that. And, and credit to uh, Alex Mastromano. Um, he, he hit some big punts early in the game to, to at least, you know, allow uh, FSU some breathing room and not having Notre Dame start on uh, FSU side of the field. Um, so so he was big time early in the game. Um, Jordan Travis, the offensive line, offense, offensive line early on just, just gave him no time. That was part of the problem. You know, the other part of the problem was, you know, he, I think as a result of that, got happy feet a little bit. 
and, you know, just didn't trust what he was going to get from the O-line. And I don't know, man, he looked he looked different to me last night. I felt like, you know, he wanted to try to prove that he had improved as a passer more so than taking what was given to him. I thought there were opportunities for him to run, um, you know, just take off and run um, whenever, you know, like he did last year instead of, you know, kind of dancing around back there and, you know, taking sacks or, you know, I don't know. I just think, you know, he, he just really wanted to prove he had improved as a passer. And, you know, we, we need him to, you know, when the opportunities are there to use your legs and to use them. And um, so going forward, it'll be interesting to see how they use um, Jordan Travis. I thought they would use more design runs with him. And I don't know if it was, you know, just, you know, trying to keep him healthy, you know, you know, decreased the amount of times he was hit, you know, I don't, I don't know, but it, it was weird early on, uh, how they were calling the game, but, um, you know, going into, into the half, I thought, man, you know, even though, even though we were down 17, 14, I was like, you know, man, you couldn't ask for much better considering how the game began and, um, you know, just how the offense struggled early on. I thought, I thought the defense played well. I mean, they held, they held Notre Dame to um, less than six yards of play um, at halftime, even though they had been on the field for 39 snaps. And I think that played a factor going into the third quarter. You know, I, I tweeted this a few minutes ago. Um, some people were talking about how, how terrible the FSU defense was in, in the third quarter. Well, you have to remember, you know, context matters. FSU had, you know, they had been on the, the field for 39 um, snaps in the first half. And then Jordan Travis throws back-to-back interceptions um, within six plays in the in the third quarter, given you know Notre Dame good field uh, you know, position. And of course, you know it's it's hard to to get up um, to get a stop on defense when you just came off the field. Um, so I thought those two turnovers were were big. Um, and, you know, probably somewhat demoralizing like we saw in years past. And, you know, of course, Notre Dame, as a good team should do, they capitalize on those extra possessions and, and score touchdowns. FSU, you know, turned the ball over three times, and Notre Dame scored 21 points off of those turnovers. That's the ball game. That is the ball game. You know, if you take that out, you know, man, FSU probably wins going away. You know, who knows how it shakes out, but those turnovers definitely – were a factor in, in, in FSU losing the game. But I thought, man, I thought the FSU defense, you know, stood up. And, um, you know, they showed they showed a lot of fight, man, especially in that fourth quarter um, when Notre Dame was trying to run the clock out by running the ball. They absolutely shut those guys down. Yeah, you know, and that was big time. And I do want to touch on um, Mike Novell's decision to go for it on fourth down. Man, I know what the math says, and I know he was trying to to instill, you know, hey, we're playing to win. But at the same time, I felt like I still feel like it was too early in the game to make that decision. If it was later in the third quarter, early fourth quarter, you know, I I probably could rock with them. I understand that, you know, you're trying to set a culture and it worked out. You know, I mean, they didn't get blown out, but man, they the odds are they would get blown out more times than what happened last night. Put it that way. If he if he does that ten times, over fifty percent of the time they get blown out. In my opinion. 
you know, so, but, you know, I think it, I understand the math on it, but, you know, probably the play call, you know, two Wildcats and then you, you throw the ball with a guy that struggled to throw the ball all night. Um, you know, I just, I didn't, I didn't quite understand that, but, you know, it worked out. It worked out. You know, th- those guys fall hard and they didn't go get blown out. And, you know, here we are. But the one thing I want to touch on in the, in the fourth quarter was, you know, again, Notre Dame was, you know, they went conservative and, you know, they were trying to, to run the clock out by running the ball. You know, they ran it down FSU's throat, you know, last year. This year, they, man, they got nothing. The defensive line, man, I, that is what that is what we have wanted from Odell Haggins and um, the FSU defensive front. That's That's how it's supposed to look. And those guys fought. Those guys attacked. Uh, I know the linebackers, you know, struggled in coverage. But, man, I saw, you know, DJ Lundy flash and shoot a gap and got a tackle for a loss. You know, those guys swarmed to the ball numerous times. I mean, I was just like, wow. I was like, these guys are – there's like game tackling these running backs. And, you know, I think their longest run, Notre Dame's longest run, was like 12 yards in the entire game. You know, and I would – you know, that that's a promising sign. That's a promising sign, and so hopefully, you know, they'll be able to continue, um, you know, with that effort um, moving forward. I think that's going to be the, the question, too. I'll probably write about this later uh, on in the week. You know, you got Jacksonville State coming up um, Saturday night, and I want to challenge FSU fans. I mean, I know it's difficult to get to Tallahassee two weekends in a row, but I want to challenge FSU fans to show up to this game as well, um, you know, we want the players to show up, show up every week with effort, you know, and, and to play hard. Then we as fans, if you're if you're able to, we need to show up, um, you know, to the games as well. But um, you know, I want to see how they play against uh, Jacksonville State uh, moving forward. <clears throat> you know, overall, you know, we had a lot of penalties. You know, some of them were kind of tiki tacky, like the the call on Benigant or for the hit out of bounds. I thought that was yeah, you you got to let that go. And there was like one other one. Um, it's escaping me right now. That I was like, mm, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. But you know, but, but there were times again we saw the offensive line, you know, false start, and you know, it just inopportune times. And you know, we just got to clean that up. But again, those guys, you know, they, you know, they haven't had an opportunity to really practice as a unit uh, much in um, in fall camp, from from what you know we heard. You know, so that's kind of to be expected. Um, you know, but all things considered, I thought, I thought the team fought really hard. We saw a lot of great things. You know, we, we saw some players, you know, we saw Ja'Kai Douglas, you know, with that catch, you know, even though he bobbled it and almost dropped it, you know, I mean, he, he showed some speed and, you know, he just pulled away from the guy. I was like, wow. I was like, okay, okay. I mean, I knew he was, he was fast coming out of high school, but, um, you know, that was good to see uh, Malik McClain flashed on the one catch that he had. And even more impressive on the um, Deshaun Corbin run, um, that got FSU on the uh, on the scoreboard first. You know who was the guy blocking for Deshaun Corbin, Malik McLean, a freshman. You know, so I thought I thought that was promising to see. Um, you know, so Treshawn Ward, man, the running backs they all ran hard. They were physical. Um, Lawrence Toy Philly, you know, he flashed. You know, even though he's really slight in build, man, he runs he runs hard. I mean, really hard. Um, and, you know, Corbin, broke, you know, he broke some tackles as well. So, I mean, that three-headed monster is going to be something to deal with if FSU can find any semblance of a passing attack 
you know, which which we saw, you know, with McKenzie Milton, you know, we kind of saw how that opened things up whenever you're able to pass the ball a little bit. You know, so it'd be interesting to see um, moving forward and, and kudos to McKenzie Milton. I mean, man, you got to think about it. If Tra- if Jordan Travis's helmet doesn't come off, he probably doesn't go in the game. And Milton goes in there and, you know, he hasn't thrown. I think he was warming up at halftime. But I mean, we're talking about, you know, a few minutes. Uh, I think it was like nine minutes to go in the, in the third, uh, fourth quarter. So you're talking about a good bit after halftime. He goes in there in the first play he, he he gets he hits a twenty two yarder, you know for a first down. And you're just like, uh oh, you know what's going, what's happening, you know. And then he, you know, then he um makes another throw. He gets hit, and so you have you have two questions answered just like that. You're like, okay, he can throw the ball, and he can take a hit and be fine. And you're like, okay, let's rock, you know, let's roll, let's let's make it happen, let's shock the world. And you know he put FSU uh, in position you know, to win the game. Um, there and if we didn't have a, a a bad snap, you know, on the play, and he has to, you know, kudos to him for picking up the ball and throwing it, so they can even kick the field goal to tie the game. You know, if you don't have the bad snap, who knows what can happen? You know, so and, and the bad snaps, man, that's just that was something that showed up a few times in the game, and they got to get that cleared up. But just the little things, you know, it's the little things that that separate winning and losing. You know, not turning the ball over. Um, you know, capitalize on when when you have an opportunity. But man, I, we we saw a lot of great things in the game um, Sunday night, and and I thought it was big time for that to happen in front of all of those recruits. Um, you know, when you look at everything as a whole, FSU needs improvement at quarterback. You know, they have AJ Duffy. You know, I'm sure he was looking at the game like, oh man, this is this is my position to take. You know, especially if he um, enrolls early, which I think he is set to do. You know, so if you have if you have, you know, good quarterback play. You know, and then you you have some an infusion of talent. You know, at the receiver position, which, you know, which it, you know things are looking good in certain areas. You know. And you already have a lot of talent coming in um, on the defense. I mean, offensive line. You know, linebackers. The only thing I'm really still waiting to see what's going to happen there. But you had Jerron Willis, you know, there. You know, Georgia Tech just lost to Northern Illinois. Hey, who knows what can happen with that recruitment? But hey, that was a great, great thing to have all all those recruits there. It, it was worth the gamble. I wrote about it weeks ago. It's worth the gamble to have those guys there. That's the only time you're going to have, you know, that type of atmosphere. You know, you you have uh, months to prepare for an opponent. And it's an opponent opponent that's ranked. It pro- probably shouldn't be ranked quite that high with everything that they lost from last year. You know, so it was it was well worth the gamble when it paid off for Mike Norville. Um, you know, so but again, we you know, I feel like the program's going in the right direction. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be a. a Man, it's going to be crucial that they show up against Jacksonville State Saturday night. You know, not have any lulls. You know, look look better um, in different phases of the game, uh, passing the ball, um, decreasing the penalties, just sheer execution. You know, that's what that's what we got to see in the in these types of games because it's easy to kind of rest on your laurels and say, "Oh man, you know, we played Notre Dame, we took them to the brink, we took them to overtime." And then just overlook Jacksonville State. And then if you are, um, if you're a listener of the podcast, you know um, my feelings on the Wake Forest game. You know that is that is the most important game on the schedule. 
Um, FSU wins that game. Things things are looking really up, really up um, the rest of the um, you know schedule. They lose that game. You know all of the all of the goodwill that you built up, even in a loss against Notre Dame, might go out the window. You know it. it, it it depends on how that game goes, but that's that's an important. The next two weeks are crucial for FSU football. They have to build on what they what they accomplished Sunday night. Um, again, even in a loss, you know there are no moral victories, but that is about as good as you could hope for, all things considered. You know, so, but um, I appreciate you guys listening. You know, I'm I'm not going to take too much of your time and just rehash a lot of the things that um, you may have already heard or read. But just wanted to get on here and uh, just give my thoughts uh, in a verbal form, uh, you know, form. And um, appreciate you guys listening to the Built for Paymakers podcast. Um, again, um, we welcome all of the um, five star reviews. We welcome you to share the podcast out there with anyone that you may think, um, you know, that's an old fan that that wants another podcast to listen. You can never have too much FSU content, right? I also appreciate you guys reading all of the content on chopchat.com. Um, follow us on Twitter. Um, you can follow me on Twitter um, personally at um, KH Chopchat. Um, you can follow the podcast um, at Built for Playmakers. And then also, of course, the Chopchat um, Twitter account. Um, so, again, appreciate you guys' support, and we look forward to speaking with you soon. Go Nose. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.